One of my favorite things about the community that we have here on the show is the communication, the outreach, the whether it's you're an email newsletter subscriber or we correspond via social or via the text app. In short, there's just communication. And if you're new to the show, well, this is a little bit of a different podcast. This podcast has been happening for 10 plus years and the community that has formed around it is real. It's not just a one-way broadcast where I'm talking into a microphone, uh, I have a guest and you listen. What I love about it is there's genuine live interaction when we make these things a lot of the time. There, uh, I read all of the comments that are posted across the web about all these things. And to that end, this show today is in response to something that you all have been asking for, which is people who are on their way up. We would love for you to have on the show, Chase, someone who is on their way up, someone who uh, maybe was inspired early on by uh, something on Creative Live or here in the show and then has taken action. And that is someone who's relatable because it's nice when you have Richard Branson on, uh, but we all are not aspiring to be Richard Branson. Well, we might want to be inspired by him. We want people that we can connect with. People are actually doing the work and prescribing it and creating, getting results. That, my friends, is what I heard. And so in an effort to deliver on that, I thought we would have on as a guest today, Mr. Paul Ninson. Now, some of you right now who know Paul's work, you're like, wait a minute, Paul is, he's making it. He's, he's big in his own right. And absolutely 100% true. Uh, but just three years ago, Paul Ninson was not even a photographer. Now, if you don't know anything about Paul, a little bio and background on him, he is now a documentary photographer and a cinematographer, uh, born in Kumasi, Ghana. He's got a degree from, uh, a university there in science and technology and in industrial art. He already had founded and designed a company that I think he was in his 19 or 20 years old when he founded that company. And at one point he realized that photography was something that inspired him. And that point was he'd been listening and watching the show, this show here. That's right. And connecting with creators and entrepreneurs, hearing about their story and the story of pursuing something that you love, that gives you energy, that is a dream that you have because of the energy that you will um, experience when you are pursuing that thing. So uh, from this show, he then noticed uh, a guest on the show that we had named Brandon Stanton. If you're familiar with Humans of New York, aka Honey, Um, Honey and Brandon the Human is one of the most popular sites on the entire internet for photography and storytelling in particular, um, multiple New York times, bestselling books. And this combination of the work that Brandon was doing around storytelling of individual people, uh, and the inspiration that Paul gathered from the show helped inspire Paul himself to sell his phone. That's right. The only camera that he had was his phone. And he basically traded in his smartphone for the ability to buy a DSLR and to begin taking pictures. And in also in uh, lockstep with what we prescribe here on the show, making this a daily habit, making creativity a part of your life and making storytelling core to what it is that you want to do regardless of your medium. 
So we are now in a position to follow the incredible path that Paul's been on, um, having not just sold his phone to buy a camera, but now um, shooting for NGOs all over the world. He's had multiple ex exhibitions, um, including the British Council and uh, a number of others. And he is uh, had just graduated from the International Center of Photography here in New York. So he left Ghana, traveled all the way or halfway around the world, if you will, and now has a budding career as a photographer and a storyteller, telling stories of Africa and other people who he feels their voices are underrepresented. And this episode is a absolute treat. Uh, recorded it live uh, on the internet, as we often do, and the comments and the heartfelt connection to Paul and his story was off the charts. And so I know you're going to love it. And the cool thing about this is regardless of where you are in your creative journey, we are always a student of something, right? Whether we're a master at one aspect, we might be a student at another. And you can hear this in Paul's voice. He's becoming so proficient with a camera and yet he has the humility and also the curiosity that you know is going to drive this man super far in his career. Super inspiring to me, uh, someone that I've personally mentored. Uh, and again, I have the connection point with with um, Brandon and Humans of New York to thank in large part for this. And you get to hear a little bit about this story, about our original meeting, our face-to-face -face meeting in New York. Most importantly, Paul's journey to uh, stop doing what he was doing and to change directions in pursuit of... Um, what he wanted out of his one precious life. And that is super inspiring. So a little bit of a longer intro today because of my personal connection to Paul and also your requests to feature uh, some folks like Paul who are on their way up. And so in proper fashion, we've done this and I present to you my conversation with Paul Ninson. Before we do, just a super quick word from Creative Live and then it's on to the show with Paul. You know something, Maya Angelou said it better than anyone I've ever heard. She said, creativity is an infinite resource. The more you use, the more you have. And that rings so true to me, which is why I wrote a book to address all of the experiences that I've had with creativity, or rather the most important ones that I think can contribute very meaningfully to your life. That's right, it's a book, it's called Creative Calling, and I would love to hear what you think. Um, if you haven't heard of it, then you've been living under a rock because I've been talking about it for one year now. It hit the national bestsellers list as soon as it came out the very first week. And I believe that it can help you improve your career, your hobby, and most importantly, your life. If you are unfamiliar with the book, it's available anywhere books are sold. Of course, all the big box stores, but if you can get it from an independent, that would mean a lot to me. And uh, so I'm going to get out of the way and get to the episode, but want to say thanks and don't forget to check out Creative Calling. Paul, welcome to the show. I'm so honored that you're here and we're going to cover some good ground today. So thank you for coming. Thank you, Chase. Thank you so much. Um, it's been a long time coming. <laughs> <laughs> it has. And again, uh, as a documentary um, photographer and filmmaker, um, I know that is part of how you identify now. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm hoping, though, that you can trace a little bit of your journey, maybe even our journey, uh, you paying attention to Brandon Stanton, our mutual friend who is the creator <laughs> of Humans of New York, who connected us. 
while you were in, you know, still in Ghana uh, a couple of years ago. I'm wondering if, uh, as we welcome people, I can see here people tuning in from all over the planet. They are cheering for you, uh, <laughs> congratulating you on not being on the show, but as for being able to pursue your dreams and for creating success for yourself. So, again, I've, we got folks from Auckland, New Zealand, it looks like, here, Ontario. I uh, got two LAs in the house, um, hands raised for Paul. So the world's welcoming you. And <laughs> thank you. In, in, in parallel with the, those folks tuning in from all over the place, could you give us a little backstory on um, how you first were acquainted with the show, the journey through us meeting, and then we can get into your journey as a creator? Thank you, Chase. Um, I'm Paul Nelson from Ghana. Um, so in 2017, I decided to become a photographer. Um, so I sold my camera in 2000. Um, I sold my iPhone in 2016 to buy a camera with the hope of becoming a photographer. Um, so how did so, you wait? Sorry, how did you how did you communicate if you sold your phone? Did you not have a phone at all then, or did you have just a, a small uh, connected non-smartphone device? Yes. So I, in. <laughs> so I had an iPhone. And then I saw the iPhone, which meant my luxury um, to start a career, which I knew barely nothing about. I, I, I only heard about it. And so I was just, there was this burning desire to become a photographer. So um, I constantly was looking for information. I constantly looking for photographers on Facebook, everywhere possible. That's how I got to know of Creative Life, uh, the Creative Life podcast. And it's, 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 it's just different being on it. <laughs> different. Now, you, you, this is what I mean by uh, folks have been asking for a long time for this for full circle. Folks who um, have uh, are in the early chapters of creating success for themselves, as you are. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm wondering if we can maybe even go one level deeper. So you <laughs> sold your smartphone to buy a DSLR to have a shot at becoming a photographer. Um, and thank you for, for, uh, you know, being, a, um, I don't know, paying attention to what it is that we do here online. Um, but I also know you were paying attention to another amazing documentary photographer and storyteller, um, our mutual friend, Brandon Stanton. So, um, you tell your version of the story first about bumping into Brandon and then I'll tell my story because, uh, <laughs> I, there's a funny little way that it, it connects. So share share with me how, how you initially met Brandon, uh, which led to us being on the phone today. Okay. So back in Ghana, when even I didn't have a camera, I was watching Creative Life. I couldn't afford it then. Um, so I'll have to, you know, currently right now, the time difference is that um, I'm in New York. Um, currently it's 12 p.m. Um, yeah, in Ghana, 12 a.m. in Ghana. So um, I have to stay up. I, I have to stay up to watch the free version of Creative Life. So <laughs> if then I have to save money to buy a Creative Life online or as a gift from someone. So actually, I got to know Brandon through Creative Life. It was on the show that I got to know who the person behind um, Humans of New York. So who knew that um, years down the line I would meet him in Ghana, Accra. So it was very, very funny. I met him and 
People didn't know who he was because like oh, no, re- recount the story of how you actually bumped into him. Say you were walking down the street. Yes, yeah, so, so a friend of again, mine had to recap. You'd you'd seen him on the show. We'd had he's been a guest here a couple times. Mm-hmm. He has a a, a a a class on Creative Live, <laughs> mm-hmm. and so you're familiar with that. And then at some point you're in Ghana in the town mm-hmm. square, or just mm-hmm. give us a little detail. How did you meet Brandon? So on a good day, um, um, I think it was Thursday. A friend of mine called me that he had um, he has a program, um, so I should come and take pictures of. And I actually didn't want to go. Honestly, didn't want to go. But then I was like, okay, it's a friend. Let me help him with some pictures. And um, there was a study abroad program, so um, So I went with him. And so when we we're on a University of Ghana campus, I saw him, and I was like, that's as humans of New York guy. Brandon, and then people like was he just walking around like what? What, what he uh, clearly he was there making some making some stories yes. for Honey, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, he was there making stories. And then I, I, honestly, I think somebody said it on Facebook or somewhere that Humans of New York is looking for is in is going to be in Ghana, but I didn't know when. Actually, honestly, I didn't know when. And I mean, for me, what's what's the odds of meeting him? So <laughs> I mean, so I was like, okay, fine. If he's in town, okay. And so when I met him, I was like, hey, that's you, humans of New York. <laughs> and then he's like, he was try- trying to play it out, like that was not him. I'm like, that's you, I know you. And he's like, how do you know me? And I'm like, oh, Creative Life, I've watched your tutorials on Creative Life. I've, yeah, so that's how I got to know you. It's like, okay. So we talked briefly, and everybody, people came around to talk to him and then get pictures with him. And then, so for me, I was like, a documentary photographer, I'm always documenting people, not taking pictures with people. So I told him, hey, you know, can I get a picture of you? Like, so I asked him to sit and then make a portrait of him. That was, that was it. And then I left. So I think, I don't, I think now he said I made a good impression. So you made he, a good impression. This is where I want to interject my part, which yes. is <laughs> he, he, it's four o'clock in the morning and I'm, uh, I, I was splitting, uh, I had a home in Seattle and in San Francisco, and I was in my bed in San Francisco, and I looked at my phone with one eye, because it's four in the morning, and I see Brandon's name, and I'm like, oh, buddy, and sometimes he calls me early, because he's normally in New York, <laughs> and so I'm like, he forgot that I'm in Seattle, or, or in San Francisco right now, and so I'll call him later. The phone rings again, and so he's calling me twice, I'm like, he really wants to talk to me about something, and I'm like... Oh, dude, do you know it's like 4.30 in the morning for me? And he's like, yeah, but you know what? I don't even care because I'm in Ghana right now. And, you know, I was just uh, connected with this amazing photographer named Paul. And Paul saw us originally on on, uh, the Internet together. And there's just something really special about this guy. And I want to find a way for us all to stay connected. So go back to sleep. I just wanted to tell you we were thinking about you halfway across the world. And 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 so apparently you, you walked away after photographing him. And he immediately called me. And he's like, literally, I'm standing in the town square in uh, in what, what what city was it? Accra? I was, it was Accra. So it was in the yeah. University of Ghana. So That's then right. Brandon, Brandon was like, I'm interested. Come, let's sit and talk. And I'm like, okay, if Brandon is calling you to come and sit and talk, that's like, it's great, you know. So we sat, he talked, we talked. And then funny enough, 
I had my laptop in my bag. So he asked that, can I see some of your works? So I just pulled my laptop out and then showed him some of the work. And it's like, you're good. This is good work. And like, <laughs> I mean, it's like, I, then I was like, okay, fine. If you're saying it's good, I'll accept that. I know. So then he was like, um, why? So what's, what's your plans? Do you want to be published or do you want to um, make money out of it? So I think exactly I told him money will always come, but putting my work out there was more important than the money. And then, wow. yes, so that's one of the, I remember exactly telling him that. And then he asked me, how did I become a photographer? And I told him, oh, to Creative Life, watching Creative Life every now and then. He's like, oh, do you know Chase Jam? I was like, yes, I know Chase Jam. <laughs> I watch his podcast. I know every person who has been on the show. I can tell you all that he stands for. And I told him um, I became a photographer. I started doing personal projects because of Chase Jarvis, because Chase Jarvis was talking about personal projects. And so I think when I became a photographer, I saved money and then um, started doing a lot of personal projects. I never had hopes of publishing works. I never knew what the, the portfolio would do for me or the um, um, personal projects would do for me. But I mean, I was like, okay, somebody from the industry who, has, who is successful is talking about personal projects. So I guess maybe probably that's the way forward. But then again, as I kept doing it, I realized that my vision was clear. I knew what I wanted to do. And it has brought me through various means because I did weddings, I did events, I did everything. But my personal project was personal to me and I really did enjoy it. I think there's so much wisdom in that process that you just shared. And for anyone watching, remember, we're talking, this is 2017. Paul had zero experience with a camera, sold his phone in order to buy a camera in order to have a shot at taking some pictures. And the first opportunity when you were given to show your portfolio to someone who, uh, you know, could really recognize talent and, you know, and, and sent you back with this note, like you have real aptitude. I think that is there's so much value in a the leap that you had to make in order to start. You had to start doing something instead of nothing, right? Because there was a time yeah. when you were thinking about photography and not taking action. And uh, so I want to you know call attention to that for anyone who's listening or watching. And then the second part about personal projects, which it I can't praise you enough. And if I don't know if you caught what what Paul said there. Again, it was you were photographing weddings, photographing portraits, doing all of the things that you needed to do in order to pay the bills. But with all of your extra money, you use those to sink into personal projects. And what were some of those personal projects? And, you know, what's an example of something you spent your own money on um, in an attempt to create work that you wanted someone else ultimately to hire you for rather than weddings or other portraits? What kind of projects were you undertaking with your own money? So based on the weddings, the events, I was saving money. And um, so for me, it was more of what can I do different? What can I do different? I constantly was asking myself, what can I do different? What can I differentiate myself from the part of photographers in Ghana, in Africa, you know, so constantly, that was what I was looking for. So what I did was 
I saved money, bought a ticket, a one a ticket to um, East Africa, and I started researching. So about six months, five months, um, I started researching on stories which are unique, which the media is not reporting on, which um, the narrative of Africa is different. So I first one of the first projects I did was a village in um, a village with no men in Kenya. It was um, um, a group of women who um, they've 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 uh, they, they've been abused. They've been um, traditionally culturally they've not been supported enough by their husband because of diaries, and so they formed their own village where men are not allowed. So people constantly ask me. Uh, why women not allowed in their villages because of that, because they, the diary was expensive, so men saw them as properties, so they formed their own village and a supporting village, a community. So even today, if you look at other things, people will say feminism is in the Western side or um, a community for women or championing women were on the other side, but this is a typical story which shows that a lot of people in that side of the world were doing what were not seen and was not in the media today. Yeah, I, I love your passion chasing stories that you had, you were aware were not being told elsewhere. And whether you're a documentary photographer like Paul chasing that story, or this applies to anyone, right? Like what is a way that you can stand out and do something that others are not? And this is not a requirement, but this is a part of the creative process because so many of us want to you know stand out and differentiate ourselves but we're unwilling to take a risk and you, you know you you know i've said this so many times you can't stand out and fit in at the same time and so your willingness to spend your own money to go to east africa to photograph this village this community uh of women only a feminist community in africa um would you say that was one of the things that, uh, you know, when you completed that project or during the process of creating that, how did it make you feel? Did you learn something along the way? What did you learn about personal work in general? One, um, I think the risks part, that's what you're talking about. People are not willing to take risks. People love to be in their comfort zone and the comfort zone will never get you the results. Look at me. Um, I've never been to East Africa at that point. Um, I don't know Kiswahili. I don't know the people over there. I don't know anybody in that session of Kenya. I knew somebody in um, the city, Nairobi. So why would I do that at the expense of going around Ghana, taking pictures everybody's taken? was comfortable doing that in Ghana, but then I learned a lot how to even find a fixer, how to find the best place to get the food, how to even communicate with the people. And this is me who has never done a project before, a documentary project before. So now today, if you look back, I look back and now people are talking about these things. I've done that in my first year, I was going to places nobody wanted to go. I was, I was that national geographic photographer with no support showing up at a village. Think about it, a village with no men. Why, how do I get in? How do I um, talk my way through? Why, how do I express myself? Even they don't speak English and I don't speak their language. So how do you navigate through that? How do you find the best hotel around? So how do you even find somebody who can translate? And even how do you even tell the story? 
for me, it was like, how do I tell the story? It's years of uh, months of preparation, months of research, visual research, months of planning, and anything can go wrong. And that's the, the part people, every time I tell this story, it's like, I did not know who to publish this story, pitch the story to. I did not know how to pitch a story. I did not know that somebody would be even interested. But the point was that I wanted to do it. That's all I cared. Whether people were interested or not, I wanted to see a vision. I wanted to learn through this process that will help my career. And people in the beginning discouraged me. A lot of people, I lost friends. I lost um, good friends in the process because people were like, um, documentary photography, how can you survive with documentary photography? Wedding is great, do wedding. But the satisfaction, the fulfillment was what is important to me. And I saw that, I knew um, photographers who have come through creative life and I saw their work and I was like, I want to be better than this person. I want to get here. I want to be that National Geographic photographer. I want to get there. So for me, that drive, because I, one day I remember in one village, I was nearly beaten up because um, the people didn't want me to tell their stories of the women and other people were there. How do I talk through that? And these are some of the risks in the beginning I took which people saw now, people saw my work and I was different from every Ghanaian photographer. Wow. And that is how I think people started recognizing my work. Yeah, that, I think there's so much beauty and it was actually your willingness to go and do the thing. And you said it very clearly, right? With You didn't have a plan. You didn't know where to pitch a story. You didn't know the end use. And so many times I think everybody wants the entire map like laid out clear for them. Yeah. But what I loved about your story, the first time I heard it uh, initially from Brandon and then you and I got on the phone um, not long after that, and I'll never forget that call. Um, it was just so heartfelt and earnest. But that process of pursuing what was passionate for you ultimately was the thing that helped you stand out from every other photographer in Ghana. <laughs> now, this is where the story takes an interesting twist because... Um, what you'll come to know about um, about Paul and his work is that he was not just satisfied with telling stories of East Africa to Ghana. Um, you had set your ambitions a little bit higher. So I'm wondering, uh, you know, we've talked a little bit about how you got your first camera and some of your first personal work uh, that helped get you recognized as a, a documentary photographer in Ghana telling stories that were uh, you know, other people were afraid to, uh, to tell, uh, but tell us about sort of your next ambition and, and what unfolded next in your journey. So I am very determined and hardworking person. I'll be honest. Um, I started my first company at the age of 20, grew the company up to, at the age of 20, I was still in school, first year in school. And I grew the company up whilst I was a student, I was printing and um, designing in my dormitory. So I knew that I, if I want to do something, I want to do it. No matter how people discourage me, I knew. And every time I tell people that, um, even now being in New York, I tell people uh, that I know where I come from, I know who I am, and I know where I'm going. So if I know my past, my present, and my future, why would your opinion matter to me? Why will your criticism or whatever is important to me because I know where I'm coming from. 
And this fools me, keeps me going every now and then. So for me, it was, I had a checklist. On my wall, I had New York, International Center of Photography, Eddie Adams, National Geographic, and I wasn't interested in awards. <laughs> in the beginning, I promised myself that I would not apply for any awards for three years. Why? Because wow. I wanted to shoot from my heart. I wasn't interested in recognition. I wasn't interested in fame. I wasn't interested in any kind of glory which would take me away and would give me a sense of different of why I go and shoot pictures. I go take pictures. Why I wake up in the morning, take my camera out and take pictures. It wasn't just about the money. It wasn't just about the awards. I, would, I wasn't interested in that. I was really interested in being a visual storyteller. So I had my checklist and I knew how. So funny enough, three months after um, I, I bought my camera, I got into ICP. The first project, three months, the first project, 2017. So when I was in Kenya documenting the, the village with no men, I got an email from the head of the program that I got into ICP. And I was like, wow. And for those who don't know, ICP is the International Center for Photography in New York, which is a very prestigious um, film or, or photography academy. And my understanding was that you had submitted and shared some work with them um, shortly after buying your camera and that it was while you were doing this job and just returned that you'd heard that that work also other personal work had caught the attention of ICP. And so, sorry, pick up your story. Just, I wanted to give a little clarity for anyone who didn't yeah. know that this uh, prestigious, um, you know, location in New York had reached out to you. Yeah, so they gave me um, partial scholarship and I was like, no way I can afford the rest of the tuition. So as my excitement was short-lived, it was like, <laughs> It was like, okay, you've given me this part of the tuition reduction, but I cannot afford. I just started photography and this is what, but then I was so determined to, because it was different from me learning on YouTube, learning from creative life of telling stories, but I wanted to be part of a community. I wanted to be in a different environment to see or to know how, because my background is like, um, how I became, a, um, how I was interested in storytelling was my grandparents were traditional rulers. So they were passing on oral histories from generation to generation. So they felt I need to hear about my tradition, about the, the Asante tribe war with um, the British colony and all that, you know. So growing up, that was the burning desire. So I didn't recognize it. So I was looking for how do I tell stories? from A to Z, how do I do that? So even the pictures, how do I sing them together? How do I, how pitch, you know, so I knew I, I, I met a photographer in Ghana because mostly I was assistant for photographers, fixing them in Ghana. So I met one who was um, a graduate of ICP. So then I was like, okay, I want to be in ICP. So that was the first time um, um, I heard of ICP then now, um, Three years down the line, I just graduated last month from ICP. So I want to fill in a little bit of color. And so 
again, ICP is not cheap. Right? So <laughs> despite having, despite having, you know, this receiving a note from them and getting an offer to attend on partial scholarship, um, how were you able to to get from you know Ghana to where you are now, which is you know sitting in your apartment in New York? <laughs> So um, when I met um, Brandon, I told him the same thing. He asked me, what do I want to do? So I gave him all, because that's the point. I knew what I wanted to do. And that's what people, you have to know so that if you, you need somebody to help you or you want somebody to help you, you have to be prepared. When I met Brandon, I had a body of work. Whether I knew everything about it or not, it didn't matter. I had a work. That's all it matters because people want to be perfect. You know, people want to be, you know, I want to get all the work, you know, the best camera. I want to get the best picture with all the angles. With No. So for me, it was like, this is what I had. And he saw something in me and um, he, dis- he asked me, what do I want to do? And I, I told him straight up, I got admission in 2017 in, uh, to ICP in New York, but I couldn't afford the, the rest of the tuition. So he's like, okay, interesting. So he's like, so he's like, okay, what if you get the scholarship back? Would you go? And I said, yes, I will go. So he's like, okay, can you send an email to the head of the program and copy me? I said, okay. I mean, you said so, so I'll do that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, in my mind, in my mind, I was like, what's he trying to do? Uh, Is he going to (laughs) to give me a full scholarship or what? (laughs) So... I did that, and he 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 sent them an email saying, "Hey, I met Paul in Ghana. He's an incredible photographer. Do you mind? Can you give him the scholarship back? And what does that mean?" So they gave me. They said if I apply again, they will be willing to do that. So ICP was grateful enough to give me a scholarship, and then Brandon decided to pay for the rest of the tuition. And I was marveled because why would you do that? You just met somebody in Ghana and you, yeah. And then he's like, I believe in you. I believe in your talent. I believe um, in what I see in you. So I'm willing to pay the rest of the tuition and to, for you to be in New York and support you in any way possible. And for me, I wouldn't have been here without Brandon. Honestly, it wouldn't have been possible because who does that? And it didn't end there. Because for me, it was like, okay, um, you connected me to Chase Diverse, you helped me pay the tuition, so, okay. But then, during the visa process, here's Brandon helping me get a visa. Because it's very difficult, if people don't know, it's very difficult to get visa to United, United States of America. <laughs> it's very, very difficult. Very, very difficult. So <laughs> Yeah, it's hard, to, it's hard to overstate how difficult it is. Yes, uh, people yes. don't know. It's very difficult. <laughs> you have to apply, wait for visa interview in 50 days. You're waiting for visa interview. Then you have to just go join a queue and then you get the visa. Even with that, you're not guaranteed. Even if you have all the scholarship, the support, you are not guaranteed of a visa to the United States of America. So, hey, so that you guys know. <laughs> so Brandon, very, very difficult. Yeah. Yeah. So, Brandon well, helped me with all the documentations and everything through the process, he went all beyond everything. It, I mean, he, he, I'm just grateful. I'm just grateful to Brandon 
and cheese Douglas. Of, cor- of course, no, no, like that's just for anyone who's um, if you didn't already, if it wasn't already obvious, what an amazing human the creator <laughs> Brandon Sanson behind Humans of New York is. Um, that's that story underscores it, and there's so many stories like that that uh, mm-hmm. I know about Brandon that a lot of others don't. Um, and he's just such a kind, amazing. Of course, he's an insane talent, mm-hmm. but uh, just so so kind-hearted that uh, made made all of this um, the financial part possible. And it's important to know that had you not done that work, did you if you didn't, as you said already, if you didn't have a portfolio to uh to show him on that day even if it was imperfect that you that you had as you said which i think is beautiful this is the pull quote of all pull quotes like i knew my past i know what i'm doing now my present and i knew my future i knew what it is that i wanted to do and you know that you didn't let any haters or anyone talk you out of that i think that is just so it gives me chills to um to hear the clarity and I think for so many people who find themselves in a position to, you know, overcome huge obstacles, I mean, to have, you know, limited financial support to be halfway around the world and not have a camera. And then, you know, arguably three months later, be accepted to ICP. And then a year after that to actually be attending is just a, a remarkable tribute to you, Paul, for the, that clarity. And I think that is you know, the saying goes, it's hard to get where you want to be if you don't know where you want to go. Mm-hmm, <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's hard to, um, I just, it's, it's a huge testament to you. Um, so as you shared with us, you've just graduated from ICP. And uh, I want to talk a little bit about what it's been like for you um, to you know, be in New York, uh, obviously that's a huge and vastly creative city. It's one of my favorite cities on the planet. Um, what were some of your impressions when you got here and how did you, how did you get to work? So then again, Brandon, (laughs) then again, I remember when I got to New York, Brandon was in Japan and when he came, he was texting me on Instagram. I, I didn't have a phone then, <laughs> so uh, a, a, a number, a phone number yet. So he was texting me on Instagram saying, "Hey, do you need anything?" And this is such an amazing person. I'm like, "Oh, I'm here already." So, and it's like, "Do you need anything? What do you need?" You know, um, trying to support me as much as possible. Then I remember when he came, he's like, "School is great. The school you attend is good." But then the street is also good. So you have the street, which is me, and you have the school. If you, um, and if you tag along with me, you can learn more. If you be in the school, you can learn more. And so Brandon took me under his wing. Um, well, a couple of times we went out to do stories. He, I tag along, watch him behind the scenes. He's such an incredible, hardworking person. And that inspired me a lot. Because, you know, he posts on Instagram, but you don't know what goes behind the scenes. So waking up every day to go take pictures is not easy. I won't, as much as I'm determined, I won't, if I reach a certain stage, maybe I'll be trying to slow down and say, hey, I've gotten there yet now. So, you know, let me relax a little bit. Brandon is different. He goes out every day, rain or shine. And he has been doing that for years. 
how on earth wouldn't I be inspired? So I was thinking, I'm like, this is a guy who sold one like New York bestselling author two times, has huge followers, successful, and still yeah, like the most day. successful social media channel of any photographer on the planet. He had like you know 40 million followers or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm and like, he's still the hardest working person yes. that both of us know. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, if this guy is going out every day to take pictures, who am I to sleep? Oh man, I was like, nope. I'm here. Sleep in, right? <laughs> so I'm like, I'm here to work and he's such a hard working and so inspiring. So that is one of the major things which helped me. Um, I think Brandon helped, has helped me and still helped me. We talked three days ago, figuring out things yesterday we talked and constantly in. So when we, I came, he took me for a walk, we went to eat and he asked me, what do I want to do? What is, so he was trying to get me to know more about New York and what it is. So um, being in New York is different. Uh, I lost a couple of times because the numbers and then the street numbers were different. <laughs> so I got lost a couple of times and um, yeah, I found my way through school every now and then. And, <laughs> and also there's underneath different culture here. Yeah. People are so much into themselves. I come from a culture where we are community. And I mean, that is what the culture is. And I come from yeah. where people are naive in certain things and you have to educate people that in certain areas of life, you know, with all that is going on about racism. For me, I'm from Africa. Everyone is black. (laughs) We are all the same. We all treat each other the same, no matter the tribe you come from. So um, I've read about racism, but I didn't know what racism was. I've never experienced it. So now I'm cautious of my skin color. Now I'm like, oh, so this is what racism is. (laughs) So these things, and for me, that's the same thing. So when I got to school, I knew what I wanted. I know where I'm coming from. I know who I am, and I know where I'm going. So your stupid comments, your racism is not going to stop me because I come from a place where there's no ICP. So... If I'm lucky to be here, I'm not, le- not going to let your sentiment about my skin color, about where I come from, my accent, distract me. So I go to school, finish school, go home, go learn. And I took 32 courses. I think maybe probably I'm the one who took a lot of courses in the school. Because I mean, it's part of the school. And it's easy for me. I took um, photo editing, digital asset management, filmmaking. So now I'm into filmmaking as well. Because for me, it was, what can I do next? My checklist, I'm almost done. So what can I do next? What is the next thing? What is the next biggest thing? So for me, how do I tell stories different? How do I tell stories in a, in a good way, in, in a raw way as an African? Not to influence me is good. I gave myself assignments every day. New York is busy. So every week, every day, I had an assignment for myself. I go out to shoot protest. I go out to shoot um, parade. I go out to shoot veterans parade. I go out to shoot everything on the streets. In New York, every time there's something new, uh, Bernie Sanders, um, um, Joe Biden, everyone's campaign, I was there. I'll show up. So then I was discovering myself. What do I want to do next? Every lecture knew me because I'll go and ask you questions and I'll ask you questions. So I think they gave me a nickname called Quick Questions because I'll ask you. <laughs> 
So that has been my experience in New York. It's different for me. Yeah. It's very different. I'm still learning. Um, I'm, I'm not perfect. I'm, I don't know everything about black, white. I hate to talk about that. I don't believe human beings should be divided beings on their skin color. So I hardly try to talk about it. But then it's what it is. And I've experienced so much racism, which is not funny. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's such silly to see my skin color. And it's terrible. It's, sometimes it makes you really feel very sad. Like, I don't, it's, it's, just, it's just, one day I was on my way to school, a lady gave me a dollar to go buy food in, on the subway. I'm like, why are you giving me a dollar to go buy food? I didn't tell you I'm, I'm, I'm hungry. Why are you doing that? And underneath it, I understood, oh, she thought I'm, I'm poor. Oh, okay. I don't care. I, 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 I'll go ahead and do what, why I came here, and one day I'll go back home. Well, again, you're, how you speak about it, so frankly, um, honestly, is just, um, I appreciate the directness and the honesty, and it, it also breaks my heart. And simultaneously inspires the hell out of me to hear the how driven um you are and i think you know you you heaped a lot of praise onto brandon he's you know to both of us he's a dear friend and one of our favorite people on the planet it's how we know one another um and yet you know i think you disproportionately um just be careful because you're you are the reason that you're here and you know the people who are i'm seeing the comments again chiming in from all over the world just um giving you mad respect for the journey that you've been on and also for sharing your story and telling it in a really heartfelt and honest way i think that's part of what you know people who've been watching this show for a long time they they want to hear that and so thanks for giving us the unfiltered um <laughs> truth behind your your journey and it's i think there's a difference between sort of hustle and grind and all of those you know those attributes or those the verbs that we throw at this mentality of chasing what you want but i just want to circle back on the thing that you've said now a number of times which is just clarity you know clarity of what it is you, you said your checklist you have goals that you look at every day and you're checking them off one by one and it's in that clarity that you're able to um to you know be driven and to be able to play through the struggle and the hardship um as a just as a gut check here are there times when that's hard harder than others um and do you ever get frustrated or to the point of wanting to give up or quit or and and how do you manage that in, in a sense this is a question about your mindset yeah 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 sure yes um behind every scene there's moments where you get sad there's moments where you feel because like look i had my my plan laid out after school find an internship newsroom internship find a, a, a good place to be and COVID 19 happened well i cried or wake up and keep on complaining no yeah sometimes i i feel depressed about it that why this time when I'm in the US, why this time? You know, but what can I do? I have to be positive to go ahead. 
sometimes I read a lot. I read 60 books a year. Um, I divide my time and my energy very carefully so that I can read these books. So when I'm sad, I miss home right now. Um, I try to read. I try to find comfort in the people around me and to year towards ahead because right now I just got my work permit to stay in US and I have to survive. So I won't lie about it. I'm looking for a job, you know, to survive because you cannot, for me, Brandon says, tell me all the time that um, I want to be an artist. To be an artist, you, fully, you have to figure a way that you don't need to be stressed about how to pay the bills. So if I can find a day job, a part-time job, so that I can support my living and continue to create, great. That would be the future. And every time I tell people, me being here, I'm here for the number of young photographers in Ghana. I just find out that I might be, I might be one of the first photographers in native Ghanaian to come to school in US. What does that mean? Means a lot of people are looking out to me. Every post I post, every statement I make is inspiring someone. So this keeps me going because right now I'm setting up a, a photography first photography library in Ghana. I'm setting, I'm trying to find a foundation, trying to find a means to support people because I don't want the chain to end with me. I hate the idea of star. I hate the idea of elite. I want a community, young photographers from Ghana, be able to tell our own story or stories across Africa. So for me, that is my goal. That is what keeps me going. That keeps me awake and how to figure that out. Because 10,000 US dollars, 20,000 US dollars in Ghana is a lot of money. So if I can make that money and more of that, I can help transform a young person who is confused. I was three years ago to become a photographer. So that's how I deal with it. <laughs> no, that's so inspiring. And um, I think we all run the risk from time to time, as is natural, of getting down on our own circumstances, regardless of, um, again, race, orientation, gender, there's all sorts of stuff. And it's fair to acknowledge that there's so much privilege in the world. And yet at the end of, you know, if you distill all that, what we really have is this muscle between our ears, our, our problem solving, how we manage the challenges that, that um, we're all going through. And it strikes me that your mindset um, is part of what differentiates you from so many, so many others. You know, I, I, I remember when we first got to, well, we spoke on the phone a couple of times and I remember those just heartfelt, very emotional conversations. Mm -hmm. This is when you were still in Africa yep. um, and then meeting, meeting in person. Um, it was immediately clear to me how important your mindset was and all this stuff for, again, those folks who are tuning in from all over the world right now to, you know, get a little bit more info on you and your story. Um, it's, it's important for me to make the point that this mindset aspect that you have, Paul, is such a critical element to your success and to this energy that you put off as, as a great human. Um, so, I'm also interested in exploring um, how you come up with assignments for yourself because you made that point earlier and there are some people asking about it in the comments um, about 
Like they don't even know where to start. And you mentioned having regular self-assigned work in New York. It's always busy. It's always crazy. And so how, how do you decide what you want to shoot and what you don't want to shoot? And how do you hold yourself accountable? Yeah. So thank you for the question. I think um, the, the, the point is self-assignment is very easy. People think complicated things make it so complicated. I just want to tell a story of someone. I'm just an artist. So whether it's dark or it's, it's, it's raining or whether it's, I just, you, you just have to find a story to tell. So right now, for example, COVID hit and everybody um, is at home. I mean, I was very careful. So what I did was I wanted to tell a story, but New York Times, I watched New York Times, I watched National Geographic, everybody's telling their story differently. You know, in one way, photographers are going outside, going to take pictures of people clapping. So what I did was I got a backdrop, a flash, um, an umbrella I bought from B&H. Then I hung them up, packed them up in front of every hospital. And I'm like, hey, um, I'm Paul, a student of blah, blah, blah. Do you want me to take a portrait of you? I'm doing a story called what was your experience? What did you see? Frontline workers. And people started coming in one after the other. Guess what? At the end of the day, I got 162 people. But the other downside is it, I got rejected more than 300 times. 300 Portrait. rejections. Yes. And look, the same thing happened. I'm in front of the hospital and I send a text message to Brandon and say, hey, you know, I look very stupid. I'm out here emotionally tired. People are just rejecting me for no reason. I'm just making pictures of people. You see, that's the other downside of it. And then I'm like, oh, and Brandon is like, you have to go out there again and again and again for you to be emotionally beaten down that you don't feel it again. So every time there's something, then I moved on quickly to protest. And protest, people were taking pictures of Black Lives Matter everywhere. So, okay, fine. Everybody's doing that. How will I be different? So I started narrowing it down to frontline workers protesting for Black Lives Matter. That was my angle. That was my story. And nobody did that. Everybody was shooting and spraying. Every protest you show up, I will have to reserve my energy, my time, and my resources and find that story nobody's paying attention to. That small story. So when um, uh, hospital workers, frontline workers were protesting, I show up. Because that's my interest. That is what I want. I mean, I cannot cover the whole of New York or the five boroughs to go every protest, every weekend, every day. No, it's not like I do, I'm not interested in that. I'm, it's not like I don't want to interest, document history. But then even that, I'm scared of what will happen. So then let me focus on the small story and then start doing that. So Finding stories is one after the other, it's little by little. Look for the stories behind your back door, how even your parents are re reacting to COVID. That's so true. There are stories, the way I like to think about it is that there's, you know, 50 pictures within 50 feet of where you're standing right now. There's equally 50 yeah. stories, you know, and it's you're finding the story in um, the sea of humanity. If you're a, a, again, a documentary photographer, like what makes, what, what, what piques your curiosity? I want to go back to the rejection in case, uh, people weren't paying attention. So, um, you know, talk to me about the various reasons that you got rejected. 
what it felt like and how you managed that. So it felt bad. <laughs> I felt really bad. I was like, sometimes people was like, I'm trying to do um, a good story. You know, you, you have a genuine interest, a genuine um, um, motive, but then maybe the person is not interested to his pictures to be taken. It's fine. Deal with that. Move on. The next day, show up again. Not everybody want their pictures to be taken. Not everybody want to talk. You know, so yes, I felt really bad. I, and then the train was not running at some point. So I had to pay for Uber. Think about it. I paid $50 from Brooklyn to come to Midtown, hang my backdrop on Skyfold in front of the hospital. I didn't have a stand. Then people reject you. Think about it. How, and I was the only person. And it's by the street. Only person. How, think about it. It's like, just imagine it. Only person on the street. And I'm in front of the emergency hospital and seeing bodies coming in and out and trying to make pictures out of that. And everybody might be different. So, yeah, the, the, the rejection was bad. Um, but it wasn't personal. I didn't want to take it personal. I knew where I, why I was there. And then I knew what I wanted. So sometimes it's terrible. Like, it's, it's bad. I'm human. But then if you know where you're going, if you know what you want, keep going. I never dreamed that three years, four years down the line, I'll be on Chase Java's podcast. You know, I never dreamed I'll be in New York today. I never dreamed I will be where I am today. And I started photography three years ago, just three years ago. So remember, remember all the bad pictures I took in my first year to get to where I am today. So finding personal projects is up to you. It's very easy. Um, just find one after the other. And I keep telling people, my friends and everybody, like, if, any, if you need any help, if you knew, just send me a message. I will try to look through your work. I'll try to help you based on my knowledge from my CP and true experience as well. Um, now might be a good time to uh, share a little bit more about how people can follow you and what to tune into as they're following you, Paul. Where would you like to steer people? And, uh, you know, what coordinates on the Internet? How, how, where do you want to send people? Um, my website is www.paulninson.com. Um, uh, and my Instagram is pninson. And it's the same thing on Facebook, Pornensen. And it's very easy. And people like, sometimes people like, oh, you know, they are scared to send me a message. But funny enough, I reply every single message from when I had 2,000 followers to now that I have almost combined of 82,000 followers, I will always reply people because I know where I started. And I knew the help some people like Chase Javis, Brandon, and other people from my school have helped me to today. So I will never look back on, look down anybody. I'll never look back to say I won't respond. So just send me a message. As soon as I have time, I'm available. I will respond to you and I will help you. I'll jump on Zoom call with you during my available time to help you in any way. And uh, I, let's let's also be real. Like, what are, what are some things that you are looking for? Are you looking for more subjects for your photo projects? I, you mentioned earlier that you're looking for some uh, employment mm -hmm. in order to to um, make your way amidst the COVID downturn. And mm -hmm. obviously, you're incredibly skilled at so many 
so many things. What um, is there anything else that you're you're looking for? You're looking for more subjects, or um, how could this community come together to help you? Um, if you can send a letter to the head of Nas- um, National Geographic or New York Times <laughs> to, tell, <laughs> to tell them to hire me, I'll be grateful. But then, yes. Yeah, so for me, it's always looking for how to help people tell their stories. Whether it's organization, nonprofits, I have years and experience with nonprofits. I've traveled across almost 12 countries to 17 countries in Africa to help people tell their stories. So I think some of the organization need help in storytelling. And that is where I fall into helping organizations, helping people tell their stories, whether it's a personal story, whether it's organizations, um, newsroom, whatsoever. I mean, I'm looking to gain experience from America. And yes, so that is what currently I'm looking forward to if I get to start off my America journey before I go back home. Well, thank you for sharing all that stuff. And I know that, again, I'm seeing the comments come in and there's just a lot of hearts and emotion um, pouring out for you from so many different places on the planet and across the U.S. Um, I'm curious as a sort of the final topic that I'm hoping to explore with you today, Paul. Um, what do you see your future as? Um, just, I want to recap again for anyone joining him with Paul Minson, who's, um, one of the brightest young, uh, photographers coming out of ICP, the International Center for Photography, uh, just three years ago, um, was living without a camera in Ghana and has transformed, um, his life in pursuit of his dream to tell stories um with a camera and what you know if if um there's a couple different things i'm hoping to explore and i was going to try and combine them into one um but maybe i'll i'll divide and conquer here so <laughs> what's next for you i know you have a work visa and uh, aside from all you know wanting to get work but uh, and I'm, this is a bit of a leading question but you you talked at one point about earlier in this conversation about going home and you talked about uh, you've talked about telling stories. So, um, part of what we all come to love about what I've known about you for a long time, and what the people on the broadcast are watching, listening right now, have come to love about you over the course of the last hour is your clarity. And so, I'm hoping you can share a little bit more uh, about where you know what what you hope to do with these skills and what you've learned here in the U.S. Um, you know what what what's next for you, man? So um, I think most people, and I keep, um, I think I learned this from you and some few other people. It's like people don't want to talk about like being clear. Like, what do you want? Like, be honest to yourself and be honest to where you want to go. People don't want to talk about money. People don't want to talk. I need money. <laughs> if I don't have money, uh, so yes, I stole this um, quote from you. It's like a book. I package it very nicely. A broke photographer can never tell a story. It's true. If you're broke, <laughs> you cannot tell a story. So first, I think one of the things I'm looking to stay here to do is get experience, make enough money, make enough community, then go back home. Because and I think, go ahead. No, no, you, sorry, I interrupted you. There was a small delay there. Uh, yeah. but why do you want to go back home? And what do you hope to do when you get there? I'm from Africa. 
nobody puts me on this um, on a slave ship to be here. I came by myself, so I will go back home someday. Why? Because I believe I'm more useful in Africa than useful in the US. I believe that there are a lot of people like me. I believe so in Ghana, which I want to help in Africa, which I want to help. So I want to go back home to start a photography school and a photography community. And my first step is to start a photo library. People, are, I'm, I'm going to reach out to people, donate any book. Um, it's enough donating money to Africa, donate any book or photography book. Then I could be able to inspire people because it's hard. I'm going to take the whole creative life to Africa. I'm going to, we talked about this, I'm going to bring yes. the whole creative life to Africa yep. because there are people who need to watch, need to listen to this. You know, they need that. So I think I'm going to do that to help. And sometimes in life, people have to sacrifice. I don't see career. I see impact. My success is not career. My success is how did I impact people's life. Creative life has impacted a lot of people's life. And today, I think when you sleep, you can know that even if it didn't transform everybody's life, it didn't transform Paul Nelson's life. So what about that in Africa? So that is what I'm trying to do. Um, uh, I'm going to budge you. I'm going to talk to you more about it. I'm going to constantly worry you to bring your contribution <laughs> and your help to Africa. And I'm going to take you to Africa someday, you, Brandon, and all the creative, te- um, creative life community to go see what is there and how best we can. And I see a lot of opportunities in Africa. For me, I don't like to complain. I hate complaining. I'm a problem solver. I want to solve problems. I want to help people. So that is my clarity and what I want to do. Well, I've already committed my uh, <laughs> time and energy to your mission, my friend. Yeah. And of course, uh, Creative Live, you know, whatever we can do uh, through the vehicle of you, Paul Ninson, to, um, to reach more people in Africa. We're committed to that and I'm excited to hear a little bit more. Maybe we'll have something more to share here in the not too distant future with some of the folks who are watching and listening. Um, and so Africa, you know, keep your, <laughs> keep your eyes out. Here we come. Um, Paul, I want to thank you so much for sharing your story, for being vulnerable and um, willing to help us see things we maybe didn't see before and for sharing your story you. um, of being a, a guy with a phone. I can't even say a guy with a camera. You were a guy <laughs> with a phone three years ago um and your story has touched so many again um folks come in i've seen if not all 50 states it certainly looked like a representation of all 50 states from around the country and uh and so many different countries i don't I have no idea what time it is in <laughs> auckland new zealand right now but they're glued to the screen and and your story um want to give a shout out to, of course to our mutual friend brandon for connecting us a couple of years ago and uh, thank you for for being on the on the show and sharing this sort of full circle, which is something again that was a direct request from this community. Mm. Um, and just know that we're we're here to support. And if you can help Paul out in any way, uh, you know how to get him. He's P Ninson, P like the letter like Paul and N I N S O N P Ninson on Instagram and uh, his website's Paul. Ninson.com. Is that right? Paul Ninson.com? Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Incredibly talented. And uh, just thank you so much for being on the show, bud. <laughs> thank you. Um, thank you. Thank you, Chase. You're, you're thank an inspiration you. to so many. And of course, to 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 me. Uh, r- much respect, my man. 
Thank you. Thank you, Chase. Thank you so much. I think it's uh, an honor to be on this show. It's always important to be honest, to be transparent, because people are, what, are watching us. People, if you um, um, the Lord gives you that responsibility, you have to be transparent. And I keep on telling everybody I meet, this is who I am. This is what I advise you. And if you want to listen to my story, I will always be honest with what it is. So thank you so much for giving me this platform. It's just amazing. I will always find the time to come to Seattle. <laughs> you don't have to. I'm in, I'm in New York <laughs> enough, and, and I'll always, I'll always uh, meet you. I've, I've got fond memories of the last time we were together uh, before the pandemic hit, and I look forward to uh, getting together again um, as soon as it's safe to be together. But so. Sure. Thanks again. Uh, signing after everyone again. You know how you know Paul's coordinates. I hope you've enjoyed uh, us fulfilling your request of telling some full circle stories of people in our community that have um, set out to achieve a dream and pursue that dream with vigor, um, warts and hard parts and and joy and all of the things that come into it. So, thanks again for being on the show, Thank everybody. You. I hope you have a great evening and please go check out Paul's work and stay tuned for more. Stories here at creativelive.com slash TV and the Chase Jarvis Live podcast here at Creative Live. Signing off. Talk to you again soon. Bye. All right. Thanks for listening. Hey, before you go, I want you to know that I never, not for a millisecond, take it for granted that you have decided to spend some of your time and attention here on the show with yours truly, guest or no guest. It's just an outright privilege. I don't take it for granted for a second. I want to say thank you. In line with that, this is a community, and I would love if you've been moved or inspired or whatever to share this with anyone that is in your universe. Uh, feel free to shout questions or and just even a shout out to, to yours truly or the guest means the world. I want to say thanks and have a good one.